the story is not for the faint of heart. This work of fiction contains mature topics such as murder, violence, and thoughts of cannibalism. Listener discretion is advised. Hello and welcome to Point of View, where we give students a place to listen, learn, and lean in. I'm your host, Randall Sinkler. Today, it's the season of scares, and I'm sitting down with... Jordan, Rachel, and Rahul. ...to share a scary story. Go ahead and sit down around the campfire, get out your marshmallows, and don't get too scared. Today's story is sourced from one of the scariest places known to man, Reddit. User PapaMishka89 posted this story on the No Sleep subreddit this month, so without further ado, day one. We had just opened our textbooks to chapter eight when the alarms blared overhead. A red strobing light spun by the door as metal slats slid down the walls to seal us in. The others started to stir in panic at their desks. Now, now class, I'm sure everything is fine, Probably just a drill. Mr. Jonas held up his hands in an attempt to soothe the crowd. Just as he was about to open his mouth, Evie came over the intercom. Level 3 contagion located in the south quadrant of campus. Lockdown protocol is now in effect. Isolation protocol is now in effect. Oh no. The teacher suddenly looked pale and a little panicked himself. Day 3. I slid my rook across the tiled chessboard to overtake Patricia's bishop. She stuck out her tongue in defiance as I removed it from the board. I smirked and then shoved another saltine cracker in my mouth. Mr. Jonas said we shouldn't be in here much longer. It was probably just taking the CDC a while to quarantine and eradicate the contagion. He said it must be a pretty nasty virus if they're keeping us locked in our classrooms. We have enough snacks for another day or so. It's been difficult to ration properly when all you have are crackers, candy, and canned spray cheese. Overall though, we were keeping our hopes up, which was all we could really do. Staying positive for now. Day five. The room was starting to smell foul. We designated some buckets in the corner as the bathrooms and they were about half full and beyond putrid. Ew. We ran out of food last night. My stomach rumbled with hunger, but I did my best to ignore it. I didn't feel like playing chess or reading anymore. Instead, I just napped at my desk as much as possible to pass the time. I was hoping at any moment I'd be awoken to the doors opening so that I could go home. I missed my parents. Mr. Jonas was losing his composure too. He'd been pretty put together up to this point and ensuring we were all calm, but his eyes looked a little wild now, and he kept pacing the room talking to himself. A few times I heard him cursing under his breath and then reciting prayers. I really hope we get out of here soon. Day 8. Bang, bang, bang. A pounding sound coming from the other side of the classroom pulled me from my dreams. Bang, bang, bang. I stayed still to appear asleep, but cracked my eyes just enough to watch as the biology teacher smashed a chair against the steel door over and over again. Bang, bang, bang. He was really losing it. Let us out of here, Mr. Jonas screamed as he tossed the chair to the other side. I cannot do that, sir. A level three contagion has been detected. I've sealed off the affected area, but you must stay isolated for your safety. The robotic voice hummed over the speakers. He screeched profanities at the camera in the corner of the ceiling. Some of the other boys were becoming aggressive as well. There had been some fights the last couple of mornings. Also, some hands going where they shouldn't be going, back behind the fake plants and lab equipment. It seemed as if we were slowly devolving, becoming an enclosure of chimpanzees, like one you'd see at the zoo, but only hungrier. We needed out, or something terrible was going to happen. No. We'd been on a diet of tap water for the past five days. I felt dizzy every time I stood from my desk. The room would spin and I'd almost black out. I kept my footing by sheer force of willpower. I had this irrational fear that if I passed out, I'd be eaten by my classmates, like a pack of hyenas on a gazelle, feasting on my intestines as they spilled across the tiled floor. 
It sounded crazy if I said it out loud, but when I looked around the room and saw all the hungry faces, I didn't think the idea was too far-fetched after all. Mr. Jonas hasn't said a word in over 12 hours. He's just been sitting at his desk, carving something into the surface of it with an X-Acto knife. For the first time today, I had the thought that maybe we weren't going to make it out of this. Maybe we were all going to die in this classroom. I hung my head and cried. Day 13. Mr. Jonas! Mr. Jonas, stop! Micah cried. Don't you see? We have to do this. We need food. Survival 101. When the pack is suffering and food is scarce, they turn on their weakest member. It's simple biology. Survival of the fittest. Mr. Jonas had his hands around Trevor's neck, squeezing so hard that the boy's eyes were about to pop from his skull. Trevor struggled beneath him, but he was frail and terribly small for his age. Micah grabbed a large beaker from the table and lifted it high over his head. Mr. Jonas, stop now. Don't make me do this. But the teacher was long gone. His eyes gleamed with delight as drool dripped down his chin from salivating at the thought of a meal. I jumped to my feet as Micah brought the beaker down as hard as he could onto Mr. Jonas's head. It shattered to pieces on impact, knocking the teacher out cold. I helped Micah push him off Trevor. The poor kid was wheezing and gasping for air as tears streamed down his face. You're all right. It's okay. You're all right. Micah patted the kid on the back, trying to calm him as he wailed. Suddenly there was a scream-like war cry and Mr. Jonas was airborne. He leaped across the desk and plowed into Micah. They both went sprawling across the tile. Micah resisted him, but Mr. Jonas ended up on top and began dropping his elbows viciously on Micah's face, causing blood to spew from his nose and mouth. Static filled my mind. I didn't think, I only reacted. I reached down and picked up a hunk of glass from the broken beaker, grabbed Mr. Jonas's shaggy hair, and pulled it back to extend his neck. I pulled the glass through the meat of his throat as hard as I could. I'd never seen so much blood before. It poured in a waterfall across Micah's chest. That's crazy. Mr. Jonas fell to the side once more, this time never to get up again. I stared at my blood-soaked hands. I felt nothing, no remorse, no fear, only static. Suddenly, the metal slats retracted into the ceiling and the door swung open. Lockdown protocol has been lifted. Please continue with your regular schedules. Lockdown protocol has been lifted. Her cheery robotic voice seemed so distant and out of place now. The other students gathered around me, just staring at the pool of blood. I think it was the hunger talking, but if part of me wanted to know what it tasted like, I think the others did too. Thankfully, before that could happen, a man in a suit strolled into the classroom. Hello class. His perfect teeth gleamed under the LEDs. Before we could say anything, a team of adults in overalls poured into the room. Some began taking pictures of everything. Others started cleaning up Mr. Jonas. One man with gray hair dropped a large box on the teacher's desk and opened it. He then started throwing fresh fruit and granola bars to each of the students. We devoured everything he gave us. I started to feel more like myself after two bananas and four granola bars. They tasted like heaven, a sweet salvation. The first man with the nice teeth and the expensive suit waited until we were all done before he addressed us again. I know it's been a long 13 days, guys. I appreciate you all hanging in there. I've alerted each of your parents that you've been cleared to go home. The classroom erupted in cheers as we all hugged each other. Even Micah, covered in gore, danced around excitedly. You'll all be able to go home soon, but first I just need to do a little debrief with each of you before you go. I'm going to set up in the counselor's office and Mr. Moses here is going to bring you down one by one to give your account on what happened here during isolation. We all nodded our heads in agreement, anything to get out of here. Mr. Moses, the man with the gray hair and the snacks, took us down one by one and we spilled our guts to the man with the nice teeth. When I gave my story on what it was like, I still felt numb, even when describing how I'd killed Mr. Jonas. I just felt 
nothing. It wasn't until I'd gotten home that evening that I'd broken down and wept. Once I was in my mother's arms, I cried and cried until I couldn't anymore. Then I ate more food than I ever had. I shoveled pasta down my throat until I thought my stomach would burst. It was a good feeling to be full, to be human again. Years later, while I was at university, a whistleblower had leaked that what we'd endured at the school was a government cover-up for a top-secret experiment. There had been no virus, no contagion. It began as an experiment to test the artificial intelligence system they had at the school, but then it morphed into a social experiment to see how long we would last before someone was murdered or severely harmed. What? No. To test the boundaries of civility and moral character under immense pressure. Just in case there was a real issue with the code and the AI, and this scenario became a reality elsewhere. When I'd killed Mr. Jonas, it had ended the experiment. The news had made me sick to my stomach. I was angry and disgusted for weeks. I was okay with it now, though, you see. Trevor may have been small, the weakest member of the Pride, perhaps, but he was also a genius. With his hacking expertise, we were able to locate Mr. Nice Teeth and Mr. Moses. It's been six days so far, and every time they scream and hit the door with a chair, I just can't help but smile. It's a little experiment a few of us are conducting. It'll end when someone is murdered or severely injured. Maybe. Yo. The end. So what'd y'all think of it? I... It immediately did not sit right with me, the fact that they got locked in. I was like, oh, this is an interesting little dystopian thing. And then I was like, wait a minute. Hmm. It reminded me a lot of like this one other story. It was like a... Uh, it kind of was like the uh, Russian sleep experiment. I don't know if you guys heard of that. It reminded me kind of like that, like the whole darkness element of it. Yeah, just kind of being trapped. Yeah, yeah. Jordan? See, me personally, <clears throat> I'd never go for that. I just wouldn't allow that to happen. First of all, first of all, Trevor, if I was Trevor, I don't even know what I'll do. If I was Trevor, I'll probably hunt all of them down and give them, like, like major like payback because what type of government experiment is that well they're doing payback are they, they at the end they're doing payback yeah, yeah that's a little different type of payback <laughs> <laughs> that's a little different but like that is weird I, at first i thought it was weird like what what okay what had to break out in school that you couldn't leave school like if something would to happen in school it'll make sense for them to like you know evacuate the school but like what could have possibly gone that wrong to say oh you guys can't leave. You're stuck in the, the classroom for the next, mm, we don't even know how many days. And that's weird. Yeah, but I guess in this situation, it was bad enough to make him stay there, and it ended in like a Lord of the Fly situation. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, what I guess kind of, uh, back to what Jordan was saying earlier, like how something could like, like that, that wouldn't happen, like, you know, an event in school, like forcing everyone in their doors to just stay there for such a long time. I guess they could, it could have worked because of a bunch, multiple human elements there, like fear, right? With fear, you do anything. I don't know. I'm just Yeah, when you need food, like exactly, like, the, like Mr. Jonas said, you know, it's survival 101. Exactly. Survival of the fittest. Survival of the fittest, exactly. It's scary, but it's true. I mean, that is how it works in the, in the animal world. It's, yeah. it's terrifying to think that humanity could descend into that if given the opportunity. I mean, yeah, just if left in a room for a couple weeks... You know? Yeah. Well, that wasn't even like, that was almost two weeks. Yeah, yeah, it was 13 days, wasn't it? I know, it? Yeah, yeah, it was, yeah. yeah. It's like, usually like, from the way they, the, the authors have written it, you'd have t- thought this would be like a couple months at least, but like. Two, almost two weeks? How they, wait a second. Okay, let me get logical here. How did they survive? Like, 
Because, like, I come to school with a single water bottle. A single water bottle. And there's no, like, water fountains in the classroom. So Don't some you, like, die crackers. from thirst? From, like, I mean, there's the rule of threes. And yeah. they probably could have done, like, a couple other things to survive the, the rule of three days without water. That's crazy. Yeah. Personally, well, I they, don't think I will survive that long. They talked about rationing tap water. That is true. And then they talked about... And then... I don't know how long, but I, it was it was like maybe like a weekend is when they ran out of food. Yeah. Or like day eight. So everyone yeah. had to get two sips of water per day. <sighs> I mean, like, can can you survive on just water? I mean, you can't survive, but you can make yourself feel full. Yeah. So True. Yeah. You kind of just drink water. That that's why. But it wasn't healthy. You know, they said they were they felt dizzy when they yeah. stood up. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense because like in real life, they're also like a bunch of like water diets as well. And like yeah, yeah, just things like intermittent fasting, things like that. Basically, you just drink some water. You don't like, let's say, you don't eat breakfast in the morning. You just drink a ton of water, and that should get rid of the feeling of hunger. So, it's kind of like that effect from what I see here. So my question to you, Randall, is why did you pick this one? What interested you in this? Well, I thought it had a fun twist at the end, and I don't know, in a weirdly sadistic way. I mean, it deals with contagions. It deals with school. I mean. We're at school. No, it makes it a little bit scarier, doesn't it? Yeah, no, I, I, I can, I can understand that because like, it gives like a new level, a new perspective. It's like this could happen to us, right? Yeah, you know, that, what if the door just didn't open right now? Yeah, you know, what if we walked in here nah. and that was the last nah, time please. some other people walked out? No, that's crazy. The, I'll snap on the first day. <laughs> no, thank you. Well, good thing we're in a lit room, is we have millions of books to read. To pass the time. Oh yeah, no, me no, no, no. eyeing the Twilight book on the seventh. <laughs> no, that, that would make you want to stop. Yeah, that's no, true. Yeah. I'd, I'd probably have to find a different one. We'd have to. We'd have to eat the Twilight book. <laughs> can you do that? I feel like you can't. I think you can eat paper. Some pepper and salt. Where are we gonna salt. get pepper and salt from? Um, sweat. Sweat. Oh my god. Ugh. Oh no. <laughs> that's bad. Nah, nah, nah. No, I don't know about that. <laughs> I think you can survive. I've, I've heard stories of people eating tissues. Oh, there are all sorts of... Tissues? Oh, yeah. yeah, no, there are all sorts of crazy stuff people have done to survive. Like, um, this one of the story, like, these uh, boys, I think this is around, like, Indonesia, around, like, that part of uh, the world. Basically, these uh, this group of soccer team... No, 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 season, I, I stuck, no. No, 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 it's, it's, it's nothing bad. Like, they got stuck in this one cave, <laughs> and they could not get... They had barely they had no food. They stayed there for, like, I don't remember how long they stayed there, but they stayed there, they survived off of, like, like cave water. They did, they, as I'm saying, like... My claustrophobia cannot... Yeah, but, like, when, like, like, I think something... Another, another theme here is that the human body is, like, so much more resilient than, like, what a lot of other people think. It's a lot more resilient than what other people think. I don't know, I'm just... You won't die if you don't eat lunch. But exactly. you will probably try and kill each other if you don't eat food at all for a few days. <laughs> That's a fair point. As, as we saw. As we saw. As we, yeah. Yeah, as we heard. <laughs> <laughs> so this is remarkably pretty good for a Reddit story. Yeah. You know, I, th- I thought it was going to be pretty bad. Scariest Reddit. place on the internet. Yeah. Yeah, scared. This concludes this spooky story. Thank you so much for listening. For a transcript of this episode, head to the Point of View tab on our website, nhsmessenger.org, and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at NHS Point of View for updates and new episodes. I'm your host, Randall, and this has been Point of View. Point of View.